Hello, you are welcome to the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel for yet another powerful, sobering, and inspiring word from God. Grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick Kaluluma from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. We began to speak about the Word of God, and we took time to look into the personality of the Word, and today I would like it if we can go a little bit further in that regard. Praise God. Okay. I would like it if we can go a little bit further. So I want us to start with the question, which is, how much honor has God given the word? How much honor has God given the word? Then we're going to build on from there our next question. Praise God. Psalm 138. And I want want us to go to verse 2. Psalm 138, and I want us to go to verse 2. And I think we can read it together. What do you think? One, two, three, let's go. So those who, when we say, let's read together, then they don't read. What's the plan? (laughs) One more time. Everybody go. Praise God. It says, for you have magnified your word above Oh, your name. So for the Lord, the most, what he has given and prized and given the most honor is his word. Even above his name. And do you know how far he's willing to go in that regard? You know, there are people who say things like, um, if God is so loving, why will people go to hell? That's the thing. The trouble is, we think the only attribute that describes him is love. That's where the trouble is. And then even love in itself, we've not understood it. Because the love in the Bible does not delight in evil. Praise God. Now, when we say he's willing to go far, in case you wanted to know if God is willing to go far, then you might want to take a look at how Jesus was treated at the cross. 
Go to Isaiah 53. And let's start from somewhere, verse 4. Uh-huh. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. Ladies and gentlemen, just because something comes to you freely doesn't mean that there was no price that was paid for it. And that's why we must honor and treasure God for these things. I'll say it again. Just because some, something comes to you freely doesn't mean there's no price that was paid for it. That Bible that you can now download on your phone, there are people who were killed for merely thinking of translating it. They were called blasphemers. They were killed by religious leaders, by the way. Okay? So just because something is free doesn't mean no one paid the price. Someone may have just paid the price for it. It's like simple um, economics. You know how at some point everyone was... I think the most trending word in the political scene in Zambia, remember some years ago, was the word subsidy. And so I once asked someone, what's a subsidy? They had no idea. Absolutely no idea. Because whereas people, let's say, I don't remember the prices, but whereas people were buying millibill for, let's say, 30 kwacha, it was not reflective of the actual price because it was being subsidized. In short, somebody else was paying for it or were paying for it through other ways. So that's generally what people must know. So, let's not get into that discussion. Let's continue. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Now, what's interesting about that is God did not change his standard even for Jesus. And so the moment Jesus was going to pay the price for all of us, he had to pay it in full. He had to pay the ultimate price. God is not going to change his standard for anyone. And that's why if you've not made a decision to truly be in the way, truly follow this way of Christ, you're not doing yourself a favor. There will be no room for negotiating. Praise God. Don't you remember when we were younger, there was that song, I've forgotten how it went. Wamba was in the wake. Do you remember it? (laughs) Samuel is blank. No idea. I think there was something like like, there's no, there will be no bribery. First, what can you bribe with when everything you have on earth will remain? Everything you spent all your life on will remain. It would be a shame. It would be a shame, ladies and gentlemen, if when the time comes to translate to glory, all you have to your name is a house. And a PhD. 
there'll be no, there'll be no use for it that side. It'd be a shame if you go that side and find. First, it's a shame if you don't make it. Then it's another shame if, <laughs> even though you make it that side, it would be a shame if if you fulfill the scripture, the first shall be the last. No, it would be shameful. Because rewards won't be given in the same way. If you've studied what the scripture tells us about rewards, we are told that our works will pass through a fire and they'll be tested. And what was establishment class? So, but he was wounded for our transgressions. It's a sobering thought. Eh? He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. Let's continue. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The iniquity of everyone was laid on him. Now, when we're talking about iniquity, we're talking about inherent sin. So, in short, the potential to fulfill all the sins in the world, all that was gotten and laid on him. Let's continue. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. I want you to see one part because it will show us the integrity of God's word. We know how much God loved and loves the Lord Jesus. But look at the integrity of his word. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who would declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgressions of my people he was stricken. Uh-huh. Next verse. They made his grave with the wicked. But with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth. Let's continue. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Scripturally, when you look at the word name, name is always synonymous, not just with what you're called, but with your being, with your character. And he's placed his word even above his being. In short, he himself obeys his word. And so, for our redemption to be complete, he had to obey his word concerning how one should be redeemed. We're told without blood there is no remission of sin. Blood had to be shed. So that's the part that really gets to me. It says it pleased the Lord to bruise him. That, that's not suggesting that he was happy. That's showing that it satisfied his demands. So it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, many other times we focus on what happened to the body of the Lord Jesus at the cross, but we don't focus on what happened to his soul. Can you imagine the agony that his soul was experiencing? Let's continue. But look at this. Earlier on, we were told who would declare his generation. What that's saying is, 
um, who will be his children? Because he's being cut off. It was saying, who declares his generation for he was cut off from the land of the living? In short, he's not left any children behind. And then, look at what we're told. He shall see his seeds. The same one who were told, no generation. And he shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. How come? He shall see the labor of his soul. Looking at the labor of his soul right now. And be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. So there was an end result to it. The end result is that all that agony, he was going to see the labor of his soul. And you're looking at the labor of his soul right now. Praise God. And then guess what will happen when he sees the labor? He'll be pleased. You'll be pleased. Praise God. Okay, I don't want to go further into that. You can read it in your own time. People love to call Isaiah 53 the gospel of Isaiah. Because he told the gospel not from past tense. He told the gospel from before Jesus even came, about 600 years before he shared the gospel. And then we should not share the gospel. We who are the result, we who are the seeds, praise the Lord. So, I want us to understand that God has honored his word that much. The kingdom of God works by certain principles. You will see as we continue teaching on the kingdom of God. What amazes me about the principles of the kingdom is that even... The anointing understands these principles. Jesus is walking. There are so many people. One woman proposed in her heart that if I can touch him, she touches the hem of his garment. The anointing didn't ask Jesus for permission. The anointing just left and went and did what it was supposed to do. And then Jesus says, who touched me? Peter is like, there are a lot of us and you're asking who touched you. He's like, "Uh -uh, there's a touch. You know, we talk about God touching us. Imagine God talking about someone touching him. He's like, no, no, there's a a specific touch. And how did I know? He says, I felt virtue leave me. Like literally felt power stand up and take a walk. Imagine that. And it's interesting that when you read on in the scriptures, it became a trend. You read on and you find as many as touched. As many as touched. What am I trying to say? That the kingdom has got certain principles that it works by. And so understanding the word of God is absolutely vital. It's absolutely important for you. I'm still looking at the word. And today, I want to focus something I've mentioned before, but I've never really gone into detail on how the word of God cleanses us. How the word of God cleanses us. Praise God. 
I had a meeting this week. There was someone who was coming home for a very important meeting. And I asked them if they were okay if we had the meeting over supper. If we could have a meal as we had the meeting. And so they said, currently I'm on a very specific diet. I asked, what about? The person said, I'm detoxing. I'm sure by this that I've just mentioned, you can tell what the gender was. So, I didn't say anything. The ones who are laughing, notice the ones who are laughing the most. They know themselves. Yeah. So the person said they were detoxing and asked them what they've been eating. So they were only eating fruits and stuff like that. And... Um, so I, I actually them a fruit salad. So, anyways, um, I was thinking about that earlier today about the whole, like the word stuck on my mind. I, I, I'm not in the forums that. People are in. So I've never really been interested. I've never come across that. And so I started reading on that. Ladies and gentlemen, there are these things called toxins. <laughs> and interestingly, uh, you can put the toxin in two main categories. Eh? You can. I mean, they can be more. But then there are others who are detoxing from a substance. For example, let's say somebody has been an alcoholic. And so they're trying to get alcohol out of their bloodstream. So they may have to detox. You know what I mean? Or maybe if somebody has taken something poisonous, they may take milk to detox, trying to get it out of their system. And then... There are others who've watched too many documentaries, so they believe that everything we eat, there's a problem. And (laughs) please, don't send me any of those videos. Don't send me any of those documentaries. Let me enjoy my life. The Bible tells us that whatever we eat, we thanksgiving to the Lord. So some of us believe, we believe in the sanctifying power. There is power. (laughs) I don't know if you're getting my point. If it can clean sins, ah. So, I'm not giving any lesson. But generally, there's, this, there's a belief, it could be scientific, that in our everyday foods, there are certain toxins that we take. And maybe sometimes even in the air we breathe, any of that stuff, it can be a bit polluted sometimes, and all that stuff. And so... People sometimes go on these periods where they detox. They start eating certain foods and uh, doing maybe certain exercises. But generally, I think there are even products that are offered nowadays for a person who's trying to detox. And maybe in a week, they might lose excess this or they might get rid of certain things. I was thinking about that. 
Then as I thought about that, I thought about John 15. Then I thought about verse 3, but I'll start from verse 1. And I also thought about how, I don't know if you know that spiritually, knowledge is food. And I thought about how in many avenues, we get to ingest certain knowledge that sometimes we just don't want to hear. Maybe we were genuinely watching the news and someone said something that just caused everything in you to just say, hey. Or we're in a lecture. And as much as you love the theories, there's one part of the theory. There are some who do courses that have, let's be honest, there are certain parts of whatever you may be learning where they might challenge the very things you believe. I remember I was so shocked. I was in, when I was in first year, I was doing psychology. And so we did a topic on dreams. And so they began to give interpretations of dreams. And so I decided to approach the lecturer and ask the validity of those interpretations. And I said, Sigmund Freud came up with this and this interpretation by studying people. And I think I mentioned the number of people he studied and these people, he had the right to study them because they were, I think they were going through a mental cycle. And I said, and he's generalized those findings to all of us in the world. What proof do you have? And if you're stating that this does not necessarily have proof, then what would be wrong with me also adding my own portion and telling you what I believe as scriptural interpretations of dreams? And if you say that's dogma, then prove to me that this other part is scientific and empirical. So the next day, she didn't say anything, the next day in class, we received an announcement. Guys, I'm also just teaching. <laughs> I'm also just teaching, okay? I'm also just teaching. I also have what I believe. She practically disowned the teaching. <laughs> Praise God. No, God has given us grace to argue on both sides. We can. We know what they know, and then they don't know what we know. Can you imagine that? <laughs> Praise God. That's why an atheist would waste his time arguing with me. What, what, with what? With what? Big Bang Theory. Who banged it? And you know what they say? I'll tell you what they say. They say, give us freedom to at least have one miracle. I'm telling you, I heard this from world-renowned scientists. And they were saying, give us freedom to at least have one miracle and then we'll explain everything for you logically. Praise God. Okay, let's continue. So I was saying this because even in, let's say, a number of us are in school, we get, there's some material we get exposed to that if you're not careful can mess up your thinking. That's why a number of people after getting educated 
have lost their faith and they've said, let's just be logic. Deceiving themselves. I'm telling you, if you get, let's be honest, some knowledge we've been exposed to. Have you heard some of what the theorists have said about what we believe? You guys have never had that lecturer who's come and the first thing he does is make fans of those who are born again. They will tell you this disease is this, 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 this. Then they will turn. But the born agains will say it's a demon. Then they will laugh. So in this world, as we get exposed to A, B, C, D, sometimes we can get bad advice even from people who genuinely love us. The Bible says I'm the vine and the father is the vine dresser. Maybe you're listening to me and you are exposed to things you shouldn't have been exposed to. Maybe you are exposed to pornography. You are exposed to masturbation. You are exposed to horoscopes and you are exposed to karma. You are exposed to all sorts of funny sayings. You're wondering, how can I get rid of all this? I am the vine and my father is the vine dresser. Verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, it takes away. God loves fruitfulness, eh? And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that he may bear more fruit. I hope you understand now why we, why we also love fruitfulness. Praise God. Uh-huh. Verse 3. You. <laughs> Read it for me. One, two, three, go. What? He says, you are already clean. And then he gives a because. What cleans these guys? The words that he had spoken. And you can tell these guys had learned to value the word. Because you, I don't know if you've read in the scriptures when Jesus did the hard teaching. Study the book of John, okay? It's very interesting. In the book of John, you'll notice Jesus starts saying, he, remember when he fed the 4,000, not the five, when he fed the 4,000, the book of John. And then afterwards, the people came back the next day because they expect him. Last time, if he gave us bread, this time, because <laughs> Others even came with an extra bowl. Others even came with the face mask so that they should receive the food twice. I don't know if you're getting my point. First, they pass without a mask, and then they pass with a mask. And then this time when they came expecting food, he says, I am the bread of life. We celebrate that teaching now. They were frustrated. What? You want us to eat you? Ah. Can you imagine the comments in the group? Guys, I tell down He says, I'm the bread of life. And the Bible actually tells us many of his disciples left him. Because they were like, it's a hard teaching. And then instead of Jesus saying, come back, he turns to his disciples and says, you're not going at all. And then Peter says, where can I go? You have the words. You have the words of life. Somebody say glory. I've got a feeling you feel like singing, I will follow you. I can give you five seconds. 
<laughs> Praise the Lord. For those who are thinking we are making up stories, read it in John chapter 6 verse 68. But you can just read John 6, eh? So now, I want us to understand this, that the word of God is potent enough to detox you. Firstly, it can detox you from what has previously disturbed you. Listen, you can have a new mindset. You may be saying, Apostle, you don't understand. The last 10 years I've been addicted to alcohol. The word of God. The word of God can cleanse you. You know what it means to be justified? To be justified means just as if it had never happened. It's to be acquitted and made righteous. It's, it's, it's a newness. It's a freshness. It's where the word of God can restore your innocence. So he tells them, you guys are already clean because of the words I've spoken to you. The word of God cleanses. Cleanses. And that's why if they've bombarded you with logic, go and detox. Just go read on all the miracles in the Bible. What are you doing? You're detoxing. You're detoxing. You're you're, you're removing certain things. I don't know if you're getting my point. Sometimes we get to eat too many things voluntarily or involuntarily. What do you do? Open up the scriptures. Find yourself in the word. The word of God cleanses. I can show you from other scriptures that the word of God cleanses. Ephesians chapter number 5 and verse 26. That he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word. He's talking about Jesus and the church. He sanctifies and cleanses her with the washing of water by word. I've got a question for you. How often do you bath? I don't know if I'm asking the wrong question. I don't know why a certain gender is looking frustrated, literally. Like my question has frustrated them. I don't know why they're looking frustrated. (laughs) Okay, ideally, how often, (laughs) and forget that scientific thing you saw, ideally, how often are you supposed to, I've said ideally, I've not even said scientifically, I've said ideally. How often is it supposed to happen? Daily, right? Two times. Three. Hey. (laughs) Do you have a life? (laughs) Another gentleman. A gentleman has said three times a week. (laughs) Anyways, that's between you and your... As in... I think this issue of bathing has been an issue for a while. Such that someone had to just one day come make up just come make up a scripture. 
You know, there are some people who literally think there's a scripture in the Bible that says cleanliness is next to godliness. That people believe it's been an issue. <laughs> Nevertheless, ideally, a person will try and bath every day. At least once. Praise God. I don't know why some people are looking some people are looking at me offended. Like once is too little. Then others are feeling once is a burden. But then, what am I trying to say? We've studied how the word of God is like food. Now, if the word of God is like water as well, that cleanses. And we are in a dirty world. You might want to keep yourself cleansed. Praise the Lord. Tell your neighbor, detox, detox. Remove, remove those. I'm thinking if somebody was selling detoxing products right now, as in this sermon would excite them. They would just come and say, remember what pastor was preaching? That was the spiritual. Now the physical. Hey! It says that he might sanctify and cleanse with the washing of water by the word. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 11, verse 9. Hey! It says, The hypocrite with his mouth destroys his neighbor. But through knowledge, the righteous will be delivered. Imagine that. Knowledge has, can actually deliver a righteous man. What is to deliver? To transfer from a bad position to a more ideal position. Whether it means uh, using force against anything that may be opposing that. Praise God. Let's look at another scripture. John chapter number 17. I've always wanted to just take some time and focus on this. Because somebody needs to know. Because somebody once sat down. And it's so unfortunate. Somebody once sat down in a behavior change program. Nothing against them. Someone once sat down in a church service. Someone once sat down in a lecture. And in that session, they were taught the dangers of pornography. But the trouble is that it ended there. And then they were told, the problem is these things can never leave your mind. So don't enter. And then the trouble is that they sat down there thinking, Oh my, what if, why didn't you tell me five years ago? The truth is that there could be somebody who's had a particular experience, whether willing or unwilling. Somebody who may have gone through a path which epitomizes the song, Mucha Lona and as in every stanza in that song, 
Every lyric, every word, every syllable, they lived it. Praise God. And they may be thinking, sometimes when we give a word and say, the Lord is going to use five people. For them, it just can't be them. Like they're okay with just being an okay, good Christian, because at least God has accepted them and he's forgiven. Ah, But what if in that lecture you heard about the five points, what if there's point number six? Let's hear it. Uh Uh-huh. Just one word from Jesus. He says, sanctify them. It doesn't say condemn them. It doesn't say condemn them. It doesn't say eternally condemn them. It says sanctify them. You know what the word sanctify means? I know many of us use the word sanctify when talking about our food. When praying for our food, right? It's just like a memorized prayer. Father, sanctify this food. (laughs) I'm not sure where we got that from. We're really just supposed to give thanks, right? But it's okay. (laughs) And you know, people get so disappointed when they invite me for events and ask me to pray for the food. I pray very short prayers because I've not like found a lot of biblical literature. <laughs> Praise God. And so he says, sanctify them. To sanctify is to make holy. If we say this building has been sanctified, it means it's been made holy. The day you understand that, And then you, that's why a building that has been sanctified for godly things is called a sanctuary. It's sanctified. It's made holy. And then Jesus is telling, he's praying to God for us. And he says, sanctify them. And then he tells us how. He says, by your truth. Your word is truth. My friend, what the word of God can do to you is bring you to a place which is even holier than where you were before that addiction. Because he says, sanctify them. There's hope for you. He says, sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And like I said, with detoxing, there are people who are, it's maybe just, you know, and then there are others who can be at a bad place. Maybe they're completely addicted to something. Even for you, the word of God is that powerful. The word of God doesn't mind being a hammer and breaking through those barriers. I don't know if you're getting my point. So he says, sanctify them by the truth. The word is truth. Now, exposing yourself to the word does something. It exposes you. Let me show you. Somebody being blessed. Hebrews chapter number four. Imagine leaving church with hope. Not just hope. Leaving church. Like you came to church with a mindset that, oh, because of that and that mistake, then that's it. Then leaving knowing that God has given you the freedom to live the best version of life you can live. 
and they matter what anyone thinks because his view is ABCD. I would want to come back to church every week. <laughs> what about you? And I would attend all days of establishment class. Hebrews 4. I want us to read verse 12. Amen. For the word of God is living and powerful, living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. And then what is the word of God? It's piercing. The word of God pierces. Haven't you ever been there where you're studying the Bible? And then as you study, you realize there's an area of your life you've not been handling very well. And you try to run away, but how can you run away from what's in you? Why do you think we call it being convicted? Haven't you ever had that moment? Where you're studying the scriptures and you realize, mm, mm, this, I didn't handle this area well. It's different. With a human being, you can tell them, talk to the hand, the face ain't listening. You can't. The word of God. It's, the word of God starts speaking. And then the Holy Spirit starts reminding you everything in the word. Why do you think we've had cases where someone has listened to us and then two years later they come? And then if it's the way it works with some of us, I don't know what happens. For the next two years, they start dreaming, rebuking them. I'm telling you. As well. <laughs> I remember a funny story I heard some years ago. Five, six years ago, somebody would always dream I'm rebuking them. Then they finally stopped dreaming, so they were so excited that they were now okay. <laughs> that was some five, six years ago. Praise God. So the Bible says the word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Let's have the Amplified. The word God speaks is alive and full of power, making it active, operative, energizing, and effective. I need to do a study on that. I need to read active. I need to read on operative, on energizing and effective. Imagine how my life will be after I read that. By the way, I may never teach that. So do your own study as well. Some of those things just need a dictionary. You can change your life just like that. And it says, it is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating to the dividing line of the breath of life, the soul, and the spirit, and the joints, and the marrow, and the deepest part of our own nature. Exposing, and sifting, and analyzing, and judging the very thoughts and purposes of the heart. That's why the more you fellowship with the word, 
you start becoming a better person. You know why? Because the word of God will expose, the word of God will analyze, the word of God will sift, the word of God will judge the very thoughts and purposes of your heart. Next verse. And not a creature that is concealed from his sight. Notice the word is being given personality. Now the word is being called he. No creature is concealed from his sight. But all things are open and exposed and naked and defenseless to the eyes of him with whom we have to do. I want you to hear this. Hey, has someone read what I've just read? All things are defenseless against the word. They are defenseless against the word. My friend, you can vaccinate your spirit. Hey! (laughs) All things are defenseless. That disease is defenseless against the word of God. That anxiety, it's defenseless. There's, There's someone, it can't fight, it can't resist. It's got no defense against him. Get the word of God in your system. All things are defenseless against the word of God. Defenseless. And guess what? When the word of God searches us and does all this and exposes, it's not for our condemnation. Do you know how we know? Because the very next verse begins to talk about the Lord Jesus sympathizing with our weakness and how we can now approach his throne with boldness. Even when you read on the Ark of the Covenant, there was a basin of water which they would wash. So the word of God cleanses. Praise God. So whenever you study the scripture, if you find something that's contrary to how you've lived, it's not for your condemnation, it's for your cleansing. Embrace it. Allow it. Praise God. Oh heaven declares Mm. The glory of the risen Lord And who can compare mm, With the beauty of my Lord And I will declare mm, the glory of the risen King who once was slain to reconcile man to God forever you will be the Lamb upon the throne I gladly bow my knees
that has just filled us with all of you and worship you, oh Lord. I gladly bow my knees oh. and worship you. Sing hallelujah to the Sing, sing, hallelujah. 
wonderful time of the word before I came here I was thinking about how we would be told if there is a fire to stay away because if you stay long enough your clothes will be start smelling like smoke because of what they've been exposed to Imagine the glory that has come upon you with this word that you've been exposed to. With this word, not only are you cleansed, but you go out there and you cleanse others with your words. For us to say your name. Where is your name? Thank you, Lord. Your blood has made a way for us to use this name. Woo. <laughs> These are beautiful moments. Thank you, Lord, for such a mighty visitation. We know you're here. We know you're here. We know you're here. here. Thank you for your word. Your hand is not too short to say. Your ear is not too deaf to hear. Thank you. Thank you. service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the City of the Lord Church on 0 If you are unable to call, you can email us on thecityofthelordzambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.